Welcome to the Medic Church Podcast. Today we're starting a brand new series called Ever Wonder Why? This series we're going to dive deep and answer some difficult questions you may have asked yourself or maybe even to God. Today's sermon is entitled, Why Did God Let It Happen? So buckle your seats today, sit back, relax, enjoy the podcast starting right now. All right, again today we're starting a brand new series called You Ever Wondered Why? And this week and and for the next several weeks we're going to be taking the time and we're really going to be diving into this series called You Ever Wondered Why? And we're going to be answering some of those difficult questions that you may have pondered on or maybe you've asked yourself. And so today we're going to start off by talking on this subject, why did God let it happen? Why did God let it happen? Anybody ever, maybe you've done this before and I know you all have, you ever had your parents tell you to do something or you've asked to do something and they're like, no, you can't do that or what's the first thing you want to do? Well, why? Why? And I remember as a kid, my mom and dad wouldn't let me do certain things. I'm like, well, why not? And what's the, what's the famous response, parents? What do they always say? Because I said so. Woo! <laughs> Quit. Are you back talking to me, boy? <laughs> but that's what they always said. Because I said so. I hated that answer. I want to know why I couldn't go to my buddy's house. I want to know why I couldn't eat that three more slices of pizza. I want to know why this shenanigans is taking place. And they don't give me, man, I tell you what, they didn't want to give me the right answer that I wanted. That's some bull crap. I was upset. And then, and then I got to be a parent, and, and I use that on my kids now. They'll be like, well, why, Daddy? That's because I said so. Well, Daddy, I really, I don't care. It's because I said so. Quit asking me questions. I ain't, on the, I ain't in lockdown and I ain't being interrogated. Leave me alone, youngin. <laughs> but you know, y'all, y'all, y'all may have been in church long enough and uh, y'all have heard this saying, God is good all the time. And then all the time, God is good. Anybody ever heard that? I know I have. I've heard it several times. And, I remember the pastor get up there and, the, and, and he, all of a sudden he'd get up there and the keyboard's up there and he's playing it in that nice long key and the pastor get up there and like, God is good all the time. And the crowd would go, and all the time, God is good. I mean, it made you feel good. It made you energetic. But, but listen, listen, let's just, let's just be honest this morning. Let's just be honest. Who in here knows that God is good? God is great. And it's easy to praise God on the mountaintops when we're when everything's going right and everything's going good, man. Good. God's good all the time. Yes, He is. He's doing good. Then life happens. Things in our life start taking place. Gas is four dollars and twenty cents a gallon. It's four nineteen right down here, Pilot Mountain. Where's God at it? God ain't good. This ain't good. This ain't good for our economy. This ain't good for our, 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 our people. This ain't good for my wallet. Groceries are going up. Inflation is all terrible. Now I'm sick. I don't feel good. My mom was sick last week. Now my dad's not feeling good this week. Man, why? God's not so good all the time now, is he? Why did God allow me to get sick? Why did I get ready to go on vacation? Why did I get the sniffles? Why don't I feel good? God's good all the time though, right? You ever doubted that though? You ever doubted saying, "Hey, God is good all the time." 
I don't think so, Tim. I don't think, I don't, th- I, wait a minute. But, I, but I, I lost my job. How's that a good thing? How does a loving God say that, 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 that he loves me, but he may lose a job? Or, or, or maybe, maybe parents getting a divorce. God, I th- where is God in this? Maybe the spouse decides, I'm just done with this. I'm tired of working on it, and they leave. These don't sound good. These don't sound like a loving God will allow these things to happen. Well, my loved one passed away. Why, God? Why, God? Why did you allow these things to happen? I got migraines. I got depression. I got bad tempers. Why does God allow these things to happen? Every day I'm trying to do good. I'm trying to do hard work, and I'm trying just to be happy all the way around, but it doesn't seem like I can get ahead. Maybe these, some of these things are, you know, uh, uh, you're, you're, and they're coming to light. Man, I, I've, I have experienced some of these things. Or maybe I'm experiencing these things right now. Let's look across our globe right now. There's starving children that are around our world. There's starving people in our own country. There's, there's depression and, and, and things that are happening in our very own town. And there's rumors of war and there's wars taking place. We swipe our debit cards. There's insignificant funds in there. Where's God? Why did, why did God let these things happen? Why does God even allow these things to happen? And this week and, and throughout the course, we're going to ask some difficult questions. And I'm going to try to shine some light and hopefully give you some insight on some of these answers that we hopefully can give you and to make these things easier. So why does God let it happen. God, we just want to thank you for this day. We want to thank you for everybody that's here on our online campus, God, and God, people that may listen to this later on. Lord, right now, we may be questioning, why do you allow things to happen? And Lord, through this sermon today, God, open up our ears and our hearts to hear this morning. And God, help us to apply these things to our lives. God, shine some light into us today. And God, if maybe if we're struggling with certain things and we're struggling with this question, why do you allow things to happen? God, I hope you, that you will reveal yourself to these individuals and reveal yourself to us today, God. And God, just show us that you're the way, the truth, and the life. In your name I pray, amen. So why do bad things happen? So we're going to look at that. And this is a question that's been asked since the beginning of time. The beginning. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. <laughs> so so y'all, y'all check this out. So y'all know that that since the beginning, there's been evil that's entered into our world. Since the beginning, we talked about this a couple weeks ago, and I'm going to give you all the short scenario. God created the heavens and the earth. He created everything. He created man, named him Adam, allowed Adam to go around and name a bunch of whole stuff, different things, the animals, the birds, and things like that, plants. And then, and then God didn't see fit for, for man to be alone, and so he made woman, put Adam in a deep sleep, created women, Women from the rib and bred life into them. And then they ate from the fruit. Now, why did God allow this to happen? Why did God allow for Eve to take her path down and, and, and allow her to eat off that one tree? Why did God even make one tree that they couldn't eat off of? 
Let's just be real. Why God? Uh, God, are you kidding me? All these things out here, this is the one thing you say they can't have. Come on, give me a break. Come on. <laughs> I mean, think, think about it. If you're the first people here, you're Adam and Eve, think about this. And you're there and you're like, you're probably thinking, well, that's dumb. Why can't I eat off of it? I mean, so from the beginning of time, they've been asking the question, why? If God is able if God is not able to prevent evil, then he's not all-powerful, right? If God's not able to prevent evil, then he's not all-powerful. See, the serpent was there, he slithered his way, and he, and he convinced Eve to eat the fruit. And she took a bite of it, and, and all of a sudden she felt good, and she probably felt bad inside too. Had the mixed emotion in the moment, it felt good, and you're like, later on, you're like, ooh, maybe should have done that. And, 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 and if God could have prevented that, well, God, if you would have just said, hey, you can eat anything and not had that one tree, then we wouldn't be in the mess we're in right now. Come on, man. But if this is the case, if God could prevent, if he's not able to prevent the evil, if he, if he couldn't prevent Eve from eating the fruit, then he must not be all-powerful, right? Check this out. Check it out. If God is not willing to prevent evil, then He's not good at all. Well, God, if you're going to allow these things to happen, then you must not just really be good at all. God is good all the time. And all the time, God is good. But if he can't prevent evil, that, that's, he can't be an all-loving God. There are some good questions here, don't we? <laughs> if God is both willing and able to prevent evil, then why does evil exist? Why does evil exist then? So we're going to look at this, and, and we're going to talk about a few things today, and I hope I can keep you guys on track, and, and we're going to look at some uh, awesome, awesome things here. I got six pages worth of notes, but we're not going to get all six pages, but that's all right. But evil and suffering, evil and suffering is not contrary to the story of the Bible. And, and, and what happens is, is, is that's not the most center part. Or excuse me, excuse me. Evil and suffering is the outer parts of the stories of the Bible. See, when we read things, there's usually something that's taking place around them. Some type of something, some, some situations happen that's put them in these predicaments. And then we learn that as things begin to take place in the world and in the times of the Bible, we found out that these become the most center points of the story. See, when we look at it and we look at the evil and suffering and we see things that are happening around Bible stories, we're like, man, that was all centered around or that was all circled around and it started with the evil and suffering. But in reality, the stories become the center the most part. It was what was to take place. See, for Christians to make sense of this evil and suffering, it means we have to give the meaning to and offer a solution for the evil and suffering we experience. Anybody ever in here ever dealt with something that was bad, not good, maybe a little evil, maybe you suffered a little bit, you don't have to raise your hands, but, but just think about this. But for you to experience this and to have experienced those things, 
There must have been a solution or a reasoning behind those things that we experience, right? See, see the foundation, there's a foundation of evil in the Bible. There's a foundation there, in the, and it started in the heavens, and it started when Lucifer decided that he wanted to rise up against God, and he said that, hey, I want to be more powerful than you. I want to take, and I'm going to overthrow this. And he started getting all of his little buddies around. He's like, hey, listen, we're going to overthrow God. I want to be more powerful than him. I'm going to take him out, and this is what we're going to do. And when he rose up against God, it says that God cast him out from the heavens down to the earth, and he took a fourth of the angels with him. And, 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 and so there was a foundation of sin. There's a foundation of evil there. And see, the, the Bible, if you read it and you read it closely, it doesn't avoid pain. It doesn't avoid evil. And it doesn't avoid suffering. And I always tell people that, that, that Christianity is not an easy thing to do. It's not an easy task. People hate Christians. And, and, I mean, you look anywhere across our world and across our nations, there's a lot of people that just don't like churches. And, and it's because, it's because the, the, that some people want to preach that, hey, there's no pain, there's no evil, there's no sadness, there's no suffering. When you have Christ in your life, you're not going to have to experience these things. Now, I don't know what Bible they read and I love, but the Bible I read and I love tells you there's going to be pain, there's going to be suffering, there's going to be evil, there's going to be people that just right out do not like you or me or anything that we're trying to do. And that's just reality. And there's countless expressions in the Bible of aggravation, confusion, rage, pain, suffering. They sent people to jail. They put them in slavery and they put them in captivity, and then they boil them. They done bad things to some of the disciples, some bad, horrible things. And see, there's people that out there that want to preach that, hey, if you come to God, you're not going to have any more problems. I'm going to tell you the total opposite. You come to God, you're going to experience things in your life that you're going to be like, I don't know why I'm doing what I'm doing, but I'm going to tell you, keep holding on because the reward isn't here on earth, it's in heaven. And God loves you. Now, now I, I want to tell you that, that, that if you're dealing with something, you're struggling with something, that's why corporate worship is so important. That's why we can come together and we can be here together and we can lean on one another and say, hey, I'm having an issue with this. Hey, me too. And we can work together and we can work with God because we're two or more gathered in his name. It's awesome. All right, all right we got to keep going. All right. Psalms uh, 73 here in verse 11. It says, why does, what does God know, they ask? Does the Most High even know what's happening? They're already questioning God right here. What does, he, what does God know, they ask? Does the Most High even know what's happening? Look at, the, look at those wicked people. Now, I want y'all to look at this in today's perspective. What does God know, they ask? Does the Most High even know what's going on? They look at those wicked people enjoying a life of easy with their richest, richer, richest multiplies, while the richest multiply. Verse 13, did I keep my heart pure for nothing? Did I keep myself innocent for no reason? I get nothing but trouble all day long. Every morning brings me pain. Psalms 73, 11 
12, 13, and 14. See, it already tells us right here that we're going to experience pain. We're going to experience suffering. Now, and, and, and there's been times that, that, that me and Tasha Simi quoted these various things. Like, why do we even follow what God's doing? Why do we go to church? Because it seems like the, far, far, the farther and harder we try to get closer to God or the closer we try to get to God and to try to be more obedient to him and follow what God's doing, it seems like the more pain and suffering that we have. It seems like every morning when we woke up, it was constant. As soon as we get on uh, you know, our phones or we start looking at text messages, it was automatic attacks from the enemy. And we said, you know what? It's better off for us not to even go to church because we're living a better life. And I want you all to know that, that living a life outside this church and living a life in the world, man, it feels great. Man, it feels good. It feels good to go out and party. It feels good to get high on drugs. It feels good to drink alcohol. It feels good to sleep around. It feels good to do these in those temporary moments. And it feels good, and it feels good in those moments, but the wages of sin is death. See, I, I had a conversation with somebody yesterday. I said, don't make a temporary or don't make a permanent decision based on a temporary emotion. Because those things, well, people, man, I'm looking around, all my friends, man, they got it going on. They got it happening in their life. They're doing great things with their life. But, but here I am, you know, trying to love on God and worship God. Why does he allow these things? Does he not know what's happening? Does he not see what they're doing? There's been people that I've looked at, and me and Tati had these conversations, and said, God, why are you blessing them? Why do they get the rewards? And we're over here and we're doing your work and we're doing what you've called us to do, but yet we're suffering. <laughs> listen, 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 listen. If God is loving, why would he allow us to suffer? Get ready to show y'all some cool stuff. If God is a loving God, why would he allow us to go through these things? Why for years will we be took through things in churches and experience things that we experienced in church where people are supposed to be loving and caring. I've been to churches before and, and, and they treat you like just total strangers or total dirt. I said, you know, it's pretty bad when church people treat you like trash and supposed to be loving and God-fearing. But yet I can go to my job sites, go out to my job where people are worldly people and they'll love me and will take care of me better than the church ever would. Now here at Meta Church, we're not like that. We love people. And it's because of these sufferings, these things that we've went through that we can say, hey, and we're going to show you how we overcome them and we're going to show you how we're going to beat them because at Medic Church, the MEDC, because we know people are broken, we know people are hurt, we know people are lost because we're going to create a place where people can come and let God restore the brokenness in their life. And that's what we build it on because of the suffering. But if God, if God is loving, why does he allow these things to happen? So if love is a choice, suffering must be a possibility. See, there's only one way. There's only one way to love. There's only one way to love somebody. And it's by choice. By choice. See, I had a decision to make when me and Tasha met. I had, an, I had, a, I had a choice to make. I could either love her or not like her. That was, my, that was my options. And as we begin to date and, and we begin to do life together because life is better together, and we discovered that, that love became a choice. See, we, God gives us free will. And we had the right to, at, at any moment to say, hey, I can choose to love her. 
I could choose to hate her. I could choose what's right, and I could choose what's wrong because it's the free will. Right now, if I wanted to, I could go over there and just toss her right in the face. If I wanted to, I had the free will to do that. Now, I wouldn't. Now. I'm just like, <laughs> just an example. <laughs> just say, yo, 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 fill me out. But it's a free will. We have the choice. That's not right. That's wrong. I could knock this podium over. If I wanted, I had the choice. I had the free will to do that. I have the ability and the power of choice. So why does God give us free will if love is the only possibility? If he really loves us. See, see, I don't know about y'all, but I don't want rocks. I don't want to be a rock or a robot in my relationship with Tasha or my relationship with my friends. I want to be able to, I love my friends. I love Tasha. I love my spouse. We just done a, a, a marriage and relationship series, and I hope you guys took away from it. Just uploaded the podcast. Go check it out if you missed it. But we don't want to be deadbeats because I love her. But it was the freedom that we had to choose love. But I also could have choose to do evil things too if I wanted to. If she cut me off in traffic, I could have easily just tried to wreck her. I could have been right out dirty or mean. Or just say she made me mad. Well, I said, well, I'm going to get back at you. And I'm in that temporary emotion, and I started making permanent decisions based on that emotion. See, and when we choose evil, because now we can choose the ability to be evil. When we choose evil and we choose sin, Sin leaves the pain and suffering. See, when we choose to do bad things, that leads to pain, suffering. When we choose in those moments to do stupid things or make quick, rash decisions based on those temporary emotions, that leads to a lot of pain and a lot of suffering, a lot of heartbreaks. For God to remove evil and suffering, He also has to re- remove our freedom of choice. Or he removes us, one of the two. So if you rarely ask this question, maybe. Now think about this for a second. It's rarely asked, if there is no God, then who decides they're evil? If there's no God out there and there's nobody to say, well, that was evil. That's bad. You shouldn't do that. (laughs) Just think about that. It's rarely asked, if there's no God, and who decides there's evil? Because the Bible constantly you know, shares the good news. It tells us, hey, be a good person. Live a good life. Don't do these things. Don't do that. Love your neighbor as you would yourself. The Bible constantly talks about love. And so, so without rules and without the ability to say, hey, I don't want to have freedom. Who makes those decisions? Who makes those calls? Think about it. If there was no rules out there and you could just go as fast as you want, who's to stop you? Who's to tell you that you're wrong from doing it? Keep that in your mind. So, so, <laughs> I got to hurry, I got to hurry. I got a lot to do. I gotta... The suffering isn't evidence of a lack of love. You hear that? The suffering is not evidence of a lack of love. God loves each and every one of us. God sent his son Jesus to die on the cross for us. That's, that's pretty big right there. Knowing that God loves us, he made a choice. 
I think I'm getting too far ahead of myself. See, see, when we go to a, 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 a therapist, we got a reason why we're going. We got a reason why we're going out there and we're hoping that the therapist and we're talking to them that we're going to have some kind of better outcome. And we speak to him, we talk to him, we're, and we're hoping for these things to be better. And we're hoping that, that the, you know, he'll pull some evidence out of us to say, hey, you know, uh, this, is what, this is why you're dealing with some of the things that you're doing. And psychiatrists and, and therapists, they're great. Counselors are going to talk to you and they're going to say, hey, you need to take a different path because the path you're on isn't a good path. See, see we're looking for reasons. Sometimes better is coming. We're looking for a better outcome. Parents, discipline your children. Now, don't go around, don't beat your kids. <laughs> discipline your kids. Discipline your kids. Because we got a little uh, uh, dysfunctional mess going on in our life. If, you got, if your kids are disrupting and, and they acting a fool and they acting crazy, and a lot of them are, sometimes we just need to sit down and discipline them. You discipline how you feel like you need to. If you want to whoop their butts, whoop their butts. Don't beat your kids. You want to spank a child, spank a child. I ain't going to tell you how to discipline your kid. If it's taking technology away from them, take technology away from them, whatever your case may be. But keep your house in order. Because if you're looking for a better outcome, if you want them to stay off drugs, if you want them to stay out of jail, if you want to let them not participate in certain things later on in life, then we need to start now. We need to discipline them. And why do bad things happen to good people? I don't have a perfect answer for you for that. I've constantly been asked this same very question. Why does God allow bad things to happen to good people? I don't know, but I can tell you that God's preparing you for your biggest blessing yet. Because in these moments, I may be suffering, I may be, I may be in a heart pain, and I may be in a heartache, and I may be struggling, I may be dealing with certain things, but God is preparing us for something bigger and better. I know for me, when my dad, when I was little and I did something wrong and my dad disciplined me and my mom disciplined me, it's so later on in life when I was faced with certain situations, I knew my mom and dad would beat my hind end if I got caught doing these things. And it's the same way with God. It's because, and just to set up for our church, these bad things happen in our life and these bad situations happen in our life to set us up for our future so we know how we're not going to treat people in church. With God's guidance and God's directing and God helping us getting through all these situations, God's helped us establish Medic Church. Because we knew that people were going to be suffering and people were going to be treated and mistreated. So why does God allow these things to happen? I don't know. I don't know and I can't tell you that, but I know that for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. And that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting Life or eternal life in some translations, John three sixteen. God loved you that much. He showed you tender love and mercy. And I mean, do y'all think about this? Jesus went to the cross. I'm going to finish up with this. Jesus went to the cross. His father, his, his, God sent his son, Jesus, to the cross. He sent him here. He sent him to this earth. And, and, and he knew what his path was going to be. He knew he was sending Jesus to die on the cross for our sins. He knew this, and Jesus knew what he was coming to this earth to do. But God loved us so much that he was willing to give up his son to die for us so that, so that when we were faced with things and we were facing and we stumble and we fall, that he would be there to pick us up and say, hey, you know what, you made a mistake, but I still love you anyway. This is the way, the truth, and the life. 
But Jesus, while he was there, and he, you know, the story of Christ, and we're going to be doing this in a few weeks, come Easter time, we're going to be talking about the resurrection. But Jesus was beat. He was, he was taken and sold off for, for 30 pieces of silver. And, and, and he went there, and they took him, and they convicted him of all these, these false crimes that, that he supposedly had done. And, and they put him on uh, up there, and they beat him with a cat of nine tails. And it goes on in the scripture to say that his mother didn't even recognize who he was. And then he got the crown of thorns put on his head. I don't know if y'all have ever went through a, 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 a blur a patch. Them things hurt. But they put a crown of thorns on his head. And on the way, and then they gave him, uh, on the way to the cross, they made him carry it after being beaten, suffering, no water. All this pain he endured for us. He was on his way to the cross. People began to mock him. And I'm sure the enemy was there and the Satan was there and said, you can stop this. But Jesus kept pressing on. He said, my suffering's going to be worth it because I'm doing it for you. Because I know what's coming. Because, because I know that if I get to the cross... If I get to the cross, then Satan's going to fall. And, and, and it goes on. It says, yeah, it says, Jesus was dying on the cross. It tells us in Scripture that, that God turned his back on his only son. That's, that's, that'd be tough. I mean, just imagine if you had to turn your back on your kids. It'd be very difficult. Here's God that's loving. That's, that's a loving God. Why did he send his son Jesus to die? Why did he do this? And then why did he turn his back on him? He could have stopped it at any moment. But he knew that he had to go through the suffering. And he had to die. So he would rise again. Because when he rose again, that showed that he had the victory. And he gives us the victory that we need today. I don't know about y'all, but that's, that's, that, that excites me. That should excite you because there's victory in the suffering. Something better is coming to somebody today. Something's better is coming for you, in your family, in your relationships, in your finances, in your struggles. Breakthroughs are coming. And I know if God can do it once, He can do it again. And today, I believe that you're, the sufferings you're going through it's not because God doesn't love you. It's because God's preparing you for something bigger. If you guys will this morning, if you'll stand with me. Let's pray. Father God, I want to thank you so much for this day. God, we may not understand what we're going through right now in these very moments, God. God, we may not understand the suffering and the pain, the things that we're dealing with today, God. But today, God, I pray for everybody that's here, everybody that's listening on our online campus, God, our podcasters later on. God, that you will touch their lives today. God, give them relief. Give them rest. But God, let them know that the path that they're on right now is leading up to the victory. Why do bad things happen to good people? We don't know, but you're preparing us for something bigger, God. And God, reassure us every day of that same message. Lord, somebody don't know you today, let them know. All they have to do is say this simple prayer. Dear Jesus, I'm a sinner. 
Forgive me of my sins. God, help me to, when I stumble and fall, to remind me that you're going to be there to pick me up. God, that while I'm in these struggles and in these pains, God, reassure me that you're still with me and that victory is coming my way. In name I pray. Amen. Thank you again for tuning in to the Medic Church Podcast. If you need prayer today, you can submit a prayer request by going to www.medicchurch.com forward slash pray. Our team is standing by ready to believe that God's going to meet each and every need that is submitted. We can't wait to be with you next time as we give another life-giving message. We'll see you soon.